0: We know there are times where you're just too busy to sort through the mass of information that comes your way. So to make it easier for you to stay informed, subscribe to The Morning Agenda, WITF's news podcast, where the only agenda is you. Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like its Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC. Choose UPMC for your family's health care needs close to home. Visit UPMC.com slash CentralPA for a complete list of services and locations. Tavon Parker was a scholarship-worthy guard from York that earned an athletic scholarship to Millersville University. However, after struggling academically and failing multiple classes, Tavon lost his scholarship just after two years. And on February 14, 2017, Tavon was arrested and served the next 14 months in a Camp Hill State Prison. And after being granted early release, he has been motivated in speaking positivity into the lives of kids and teenagers around the country. And I'm happy and honored to have Tayvon Parker on The Spark with us today. Hello, Tayvon. How are you doing? Oh, man,
1: I'm blessed to be here, Marquise. Thank you for having me, man. I have no complaints.
0: Oh, well, thank you for coming. So um, first question here. Um, can, can you take us uh,
1: to, to that moment of uh, February 14th, uh, 2017? Uh, yeah man that's that's a a day that's etched in my brain forever and and I say that because obviously it was Valentine's Day right so Mm, one piece of advice I give to people is don't get if you have a girlfriend don't get arrested on Valentine's Day (laughs) but uh but yeah, I'll never forget because I was, I was, I was selling drugs and, and the cops got behind me and I called my girlfriend and I'm like, hey, I think I'm about to go to jail because I was mm. already on probation and I had weed in the car and I had a gun in the car and she flew across town and the last, the last image I had was getting into the back of the police car and looking out and seeing her sitting there crying. Oh, wow. And that, that, that is uh, something that's etched in my brain and the reason why I, I love on her now the way I do mm. because obviously getting that, seeing that image and getting in the back of that police car was something I never wanted to experience again so what were some of your immediate thoughts you see those flashing blue and red lights behind
0: you you know what you have in the vehicle you know you pick up your phone about to make that
1: call what were some of your thoughts prior to making that call but the first thought was, take off and flee. I, 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 won't, I won't lie to you. The first thought was, take off and flee. But another cop car came in front of me and cut me off. Mm. So then it was like, oh, no, what, what are the, what's going to happen? You know, I mean, obviously, as a, as a black man with a gun in the car, uh, police officers are already coming up feeling threatened. Yeah. And then it was like, let me just let my wife know, my girlfriend at the time, but let me just at least let her know the situation. I didn't know she was going to be able to get there in time or what, but I at least wanted her to let her know what was going to happen, because I obviously, you don't get another phone Call until you're in, inside Central Booking and whatnot. So right. a lot of different thoughts at, at one time, but it was just let me let her know what's going to happen and make sure that I'm safe.
0: All right, and um and and prior pri- prior to that, now um you were you were a standout basketball player. Um, um you you were a a figure on your team, defensive guru. Um, uh, so so why why the transition? What what happened? Where where you you know made this transition into drug dealing?
1: So so what happened was I went to Millersville on a, on an athletic scholarship, and I tell people all the time I majored in basketball. And I think, I think <laughs> okay. that's, that's where the, the disconnect was, right? Because my whole image, my whole life, everything was circled around basketball. So as soon as I felt that one thing and lost my scholarship, I, I, my brain just shut down. Mm. Right? I, coming from a small city, I didn't think about transferring to another school. I didn't think about just being a walk-on and just saying, bump the scholarship. It was just like, you know what, I'm going to go back to my city and started hanging out with people that either never went to college or never even aspired to go to college. And boom, next thing I know, the environment took over, and I'm mm. doing the same thing I've seen everybody else do.
0: So, uh, what role did uh, your time in prison play in reshaping your perspective
1: on on life? No, oh, that that's a great question, Marquise. Man, that that's where the paradigm shift really happened for me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, being being in prison. We had there was times where we were locked down twenty three and one. There's times where we don't get phone calls. We had a I had a blackout period when I got to boot camp where there's no mail, no phone calls, no no visits for anything for thirty days. Wow. And that's when I really started to realize what's important in life. Mm. And and that's my girlfriend, that's my daughter, that's my parents, family, my friends. The things that we always take for granted. I really started realizing that I can no longer take these things for granted. So as soon as I was able to get released, all of a sudden it was let me maximize every day, every second that I had because I don't want to be one of those people that talk good while they're in jail and get out of jail and go right back to the things that they were saying they would never do again. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So um you you mentioned um
0: your girlfriend. So how did the uh your family dynamic influence your decision uh, uh throughout this process?
1: So I, I won't I won't lie to you guys. When I when I got out of jail, man, I was like, you know, jail jail is just like a a big group of of criminals, where now you have a criminal enterprise and people talk, oh, I can do this for you, I can do that for you. Mm. Man, I thought I was going to get out of jail and be John Gotti. (laughs) (laughs) My girlfriend had my daughter, and she said, you're going to do what? Well, me and her are out and that's when it clicked and it was like okay I gotta, I gotta try to figure this thing out and I, I tried working a couple of factory jobs I, first factory job man I'm like this, I, I don't like this it was a third shift job Ooh. so I ended up quitting that one went to another factory and I started noticing that my, my boss would leave in the middle of the day to go get his motorcycle he gave his friend a promotion I was like I'm not feeling this so I quit mm. that one I went to another factory quit that one I got to the point when I was like it can't be the factories it gotta, it gotta be me, it gotta be me. And, and I always had the entrepreneurial spirit, so that's when it kind of just kicked off. I told my girlfriend I wanted to relaunch my, my lawn care business, and she told me I had a month. And, and <laughs> I, I was like, "That's very gracious," because I didn't need a month. I needed all I needed was a couple days. So Fresh I relaunched someone. that, and, and I, I credit a lot of the turnaround to to God and to my girlfriend, obviously my wife now. But the, uh, she she's a big a big role in in my uh, my maturity and my growth. Now you mentioned your lawn business. You started this lawn business when you
0: were fourteen years old, right? Yes. Sir. So so can you can you take us uh, take us to that moment because being being this young entrepreneur and then restarting it.
1: Why? So so, uh, when I was fourteen years old, I was used to walk up and down the block knocking on people's doors, like, "Hey, do you want your grass cut? Do you need your grass cut?" and people so, slowly but surely people kept saying yes, people kept saying yes." So I never forget I hired my two brothers, and we just kept growing. I was fifteen years old, and I bought my first truck, and we just kept growing and one thing I always always kicked myself in the tail because when I came back to York, instead of going back to cutting grass, I started selling grass mm. so so that that was where the uh, the one of the mistakes happened, but when I relaunched it. I had some infrastructure in place. though. I still had some equipment, and it was really just rebranding, remarketing, mm-hmm. letting people know that hey, I can cut your grass again. And slowly but surely, we started. We started picking up, and uh, one one lawn at a time, really. But we started picking up to where it was like a steady, a steady income. We had, mm. we were cutting every day. We went from cutting two or three lawns a day to cutting five or six lawns a day. And we slowly but surely, we just started picking up. And now we cut about 30, 30 to fifty lawns every week. Wow, a, a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh I have I have five five employees so the long care definitely keeps me busy. So then so so you you not only have this business now, but you also are employing people as well. Absolutely. That and that, that was the goal when I started the business. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I I tell people all the time, like my passion is speaking. But I wouldn't cut your grass for free. I won't lie to you. So, <laughs> so, uh, so what, I, what I try to do is I try to uh, give people an opportunity to create e- economic uh, income, mm. uh, especially, especially the younger people. Um, obviously, being 14, I realized that, hey, you have to get a work permit from your school in order to begin working. Yeah. And uh, some of the schools I go to now, people tell me the, the hours suck. Uh, you, there's so many people working at that job that so you can't even really make money. And who wants to feel like they're working and get a paycheck for $60? Yeah. So, so I, try, I try to provide job opportunities, and uh, we we do have, I hire adults as well, but I try to hire kids as well, especially throughout the summer months when they're not in school. Oh wow, wow! So will you be hiring again this summer? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, so the the goal is to just continue to grow. So, so uh, we're, we're based in York, but we actually service the whole central PA. So mm-hmm. we have we have some properties in Harrisburg, we have properties in Lancaster, we do commercial, we do residential, we we pretty much do it all. And the goal, like I said, the goal is we have we have two trucks. The goal is to get another truck. We have a driver for both trucks. So as long as we uh, the jobs permit, we'll continue to to hire people and continue to pay them.
0: Oh man, talk about a turnaround! And um, and I don't want to um, concentrate uh, too much on the um, um, prison stuff here because you have a lot more great stuff, a lot more dynamic positivity with you. Uh, But um, we'll we'll ask uh, one more um, uh, prison related question here. Uh, What motivated you uh, to change your life after being
1: released? So uh the biggest the biggest thing that really, really made me wanna change my life, right? I talked about the uh the different factory jobs or whatnot. But on February 26th of 2020, my brother was shot and killed. Mm. And when my brother got killed, I just realized, like, there, there has to be more to this thing called life, right? You, the, you can't just work every day and get old and then you retire and then, and then what? So that's when the passion really kicked in. And I remember a conversation I had with him. We have different moms, and he said, my mom would pay for me and my older brother to go to these different basketball camps and play AAU, and his mom never did that. That's mm. what I call exposure, so so what really motivated me after he died was trying to expose people to realize this is a big world. Yeah. And, and I live in a city that's five square miles. If you never leave your block, all you know is your block, all you believe in is your block. And the reality is my wife is from Jamaica. You know, mm. uh, half the people I know never even had a passport. Wow. Some people never leave the city. So I really wanted to try to start exposing people. And sometimes if you can't physically take them there, that's when the speaking comes in and you can mentally take them there. But the, the goal is just to expose people to realize this is a big world. Yeah. And you don't have to settle for what somebody else is willing to give you as long as you're willing to work for what you want. Oh man, Work, working for what you want.
0: I think that's gonna be a theme uh, for this conversation here. Uh, so, what challenges
1: uh, did you face in rebuilding your lawn care business after your release? So obviously, uh, we lost we lost some contracts, and with losing contracts, you lose credibility. Yeah. So the so the first thing was just trying to get that credibility back. If we say we're gonna come on this date, we come on that date. Um, obviously the big uh, I tell people all the time, I, I lost my business partners, and it's a funny story, but uh, my mom and my stepdad were my business partners when I was uh, growing the business, mm-hmm. and I ended up branching off from them, which was perfectly fine, but they wanted to keep it a, a mom and pop operation, and I wanted to really try to expand this thing and, and see if we can take over like some of these bigger companies that you see. So, so that, uh, scaling, scaling the business wasn't something that came easy, but like, again, if as long as you're willing to work for it, the world is yours. So, so scaling the business was one of the hardest things. Luckily, uh, my, my forte isn't numbers, but luckily I married an accountant. So that was was one hurdle (laughs) I didn't have to worry about. Oh man. Indeed. Indeed.
0: And, uh, before we go to our, our break, um, I wanted to ask you this, um, how, how did your experience with adversity, um, shape your
1: approach in mentoring the York City teens. Absolutely, that's a, that's a great question. So, so the truth is, I tell people all the time. You're, I was taught you're either in a storm, you just left the storm, or you're about to go into a storm. Mm. And there's one thing that no matter who you are or where you're at in life, that is guaranteed, and that's at some point you're going to face some type of opposition, adversity, or struggle. So, so what I try to do is I let that motivate me, because again, my brother getting shot and killed could have been debilitating to my growth. Yeah. I could have tried to go find the person that did that and do something to them, but instead I used that to motivate me to help other people. So, so when I look at adversity, it's really how you view it. Sometimes people that adversity destroy them, the flip side of that is letting that adversity build you, letting it motivate you, let you letting it strengthen you. And it's really like a, like a rubber band, right? And you pull that rubber band back, it's like, oh my goodness, it's going to break, it's going to break. And then at some point, boom, it propels you forward. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people view adversity the wrong way. And instead of letting it propel them forward, they let it hold them back. Tavon, how
0: has your story um, inspired others
1: in your community
0: to overcome their own challenges?
1: So a lot of times people just tell me that that they're inspired. They tell me that they're motivated. And what I tried to do when I when I got out of prison, I actually used my time in prison well, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times people just sit in prison and let the time go by, but I wrote a book. And after I got out, that's when I typed it all up. We published it, so I'm a published author. And what we did was I realized that that's the gas. That's the fuel like a car, right? Yeah. So motivation is, is the gas that you put into your car, and, and the inspiration is the, the place that you're trying to get to. So a lot of times people uh, tell me that my story helps them overcome things, Uh, from drug addiction, Mm -hmm. from uh, actually... Trying to get out of the drug game or the streets and uh trying to be a productive citizen, so I help people create businesses I help people create goals for themselves because a lot of times a lot of a lot of people are in lack and it's hard to create a goal when you can't see anything for yourself mm, so so yeah. trying to use my story, the things that I've been through to help people create their own goal and their own thing for their life so um you
0: mentioned uh businesses, and you yourself you are a serial entrepreneur yes sir uh so Outside of your um, lawn care business, or rather, should I say, in addition
1: to your lawn care business... What other businesses do you have? So uh, we have I have a nonprofit called The Advantage Program that we founded back in 2020 in the middle of COVID, ironically. <laughs> um, and, I, and then I also do motivational speaking. So I'm in, I'm in several different school districts. What we do is we come, we uh, give the kids a uh, an assembly. And after the assembly, the book that I mentioned, I created a workbook. Mm. Right. And that, that's what I was going to get to. Because the, like I said, the book, you read the book, you get pumped up, you get excited. And then what happens a week later? So the workbook takes all the principles out of the book and makes them applicable and makes them Tangible. Mm. So then I come and do uh, do a six week workbook with the students, well six week course with the students that I facilitate, and I mean that's where we see the real growth. Yeah. The, uh, it's a, a fact fact based, scientific based workbook that targets the ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, and we limit these kids' risk factors. And our data shows, I mean numbers don't lie. Right. Our data show that the, the grades go up, disciplinary referrals go down, and attendance goes up. Mm. So so those those three those are three big factors for us. But again, I really believe that this this next generation they're the future, right? right? I mean, with me and you, we're, get, we're getting old. We're getting yeah. old, but yeah. uh, well, I'm 28, so I, 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 try, <laughs> I try not to say that. But, uh, but really, trying to, to help people cultivate their own dreams and cultivate exactly what they want to do in this world because I believe everybody has a purpose.
0: Uh, Tavon, I w- I will say this: you said getting old, and then you followed up with uh, I'm 28. <laughs> uh, um, our, our our audience, I'm pretty sure they're going to be like that young man is still young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, so um. how. How has your uh, perspective on success
1: uh, evolved throughout your experiences with your businesses? Yeah, that's a great, that's another great question, man. You, you got some really good questions. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, so success is what you make it, yeah. right? And, and I'm one of those people where I, uh, I have ADHD and I, one thing that I struggle with is taking the time to smell the flowers because mm. I just keep keep your head down, keep growing, keep growing. And to, to be honest with you, my goal was never to be, and no, this is no disrespect to anybody, but I never wanted to be a local joker, yeah. right? Somebody that is just known in their city. I want to take, I think I have a message for the masses and I really wanted to take this thing as far as we can take it. So when I, when I look at success, there's different steps towards it. Yeah. But again, I think that's something that, that continues to grow as, as your life continues to grow. Because if you would ask me uh, would I be in school speaking, I, I would never think I would. Mm. I started off speaking for free. And and that's just one thing that I learned. You give your gift away for free until somebody's willing to pay you for it. So Dang. the success continues to evolve every time, every step of the way. But I think success is whatever you ultimately make it. Uh, and and your your businesses, um, uh, specifically the the Advantage Program. Would you consider that a success today? Oh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. When we started that program, we started with twelve young men, mm. and a- after the first year, we grew to sixty young men. After the second year, we grew to over hundred young men. And and wow, well, none of our young and our goal was to keep these young men out of the judicial system, and none of them have been in the judicial system, thank God. And this year, we grew to females. We added an adult, a six-week adult course as well. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking to continue to just grow. So that that's definitely uh, some tangible statistics, again, that, that can measure the success that we see. Now, what support systems do you have in place? Because we all know that, you know,
0: we can't do this thing called life by ourselves. Uh, so what support systems, who is supporting you in all of these efforts and businesses?
1: Well, obviously, my uh, my queen, my, my wife, my uh, she, she's pregnant with my son now, so oh, super congratulations. excited about that. Um, but but she's the one that really keeps me grounded. Uh, believe it or not, I can go give a speech and everybody's clapping and telling me how a great job I did and when I get in the car, she's like, you know you forgot this story or you messed this up. <laughs> like she, hold, she holds me accountable. She holds me accountable and I, I really need that because that, that allows me to not get the big head. It allows yeah. me to not, not think that I've made it but to continue to work and, and provide for my family. So my my wife is my biggest supporter. She's my uh, my love. My daughter, believe it or not, is as well. Um, me and her co-authored a book, and she always tells me, she she has a picture on a mirror on my city. She always just tells me she's more famous than me. And, <laughs> and my, uh, my goal with her is just to keep, keep, if i continue to move the bar the expectation and the standard for her continues to rise as well but um outside of them i have i have an amazing board we have amazing volunteers and a lot of different people that uh like to be behind the scenes mm-hmm. some people like to be in front of the camera but it's it's a team effort it truly is so um talking about a team effort
0: then uh what partnerships have you forged with local organizations to further your mission
1: so one, one of the biggest uh organizations is Chick fil A. And I'm very thankful for them. They provide breakfast for us every every Saturday for the young men. And that's huge because that's fighting childhood hunger. Yeah. Believe it or not, it's hard to learn, it's hard to listen, and people get in trouble when they're hungry. I don't know if you're trying to <laughs> work with an empty belly, but it's hard to work when it's hard to work when you're hungry. Yeah. But uh, outside of Chick fil A, we have a bunch of different different connections with um between giant, we uh Red Robin, different food places as well as different funders like Fulton Bank, uh, Traditions Bank, members First Bank. So we, we apply for a bunch of grants. We have a a bunch of different funders and then one thing that I wanted to try to be cognizant of is partnering with different nonprofits as mm. well I'm a firm believer if everybody does a little bit nobody has to do a lot so and
0: uh, how do you
1: navigate uh,
0: the, the the negative sig- stigma associated with your past mistakes how do you forge these
1: relationships as well as acknowledging your past and saying I moved past that absolutely so a lot of times the truth is everybody's been through something yeah. I haven't met a perfect person yet Right. Hey, so, so, so the truth is, a lot. I, I own my past, mm-hmm. and because I, I do that you can't hold it against me right. right a lot of times when people try to keep things secret that's when it's like oh i'm gonna leak this i'm gonna leak that but you can't leak something that somebody's already talked about somebody's mm. own so what i what i try to do is be i'm always upfront with people i have no reason to lie to anybody so i'm always upfront with people and let them know that my past is my past and i don't live there anymore oh. so so they can literally see the growth they can literally see the change and one thing i, I do is i i mean you see my wife is here i mm-hmm. the things that i do i don't i don't lie about you can literally see them on my social media you you can literally see them through my wife through my daughter so i just i try to be a man of integrity a man of character and show people that you can overcome mistakes you you don't have to stay in that same rut or where you were that is Tavon Parker, new number.
0: Who this? <laughs> I, I love it. So, um, so future plans for the
1: Advantage Program, and um, how can folks that are listening right now get in contact with you? Absolutely. So the Advantage Program, our goal is to is to continue to grow it. So the next the next city that we're targeting is Harrisburg. Obviously, we're in York, so we're we in the in the midst right now of making connections with uh different people, different places, different organizations, so we can find out where our niche will be when we come to Harrisburg. We mm. don't want to we don't want to reinvent the wheel. Um, but as far as finding me, you can go to my website, TP Motivates. I always tell people T.P. is not for toilet paper. So <laughs> t- TPMotivates.com and all, all social media. I am Tavon Parker. All right. So, um,
0: Tavon, um, uh, wrapping up here, if, if you can give um, a, a listener some word of advice, um, if, if they know somebody that is
1: experiencing the same thing or going through the same thing, what would you tell them? One thing I always tell people is Wherever you find yourself If you stay there That's a choice that you made Mm. And and what I've learned is The truth is Selling drugs is hard Mm. Right Going to jail is hard but for me, going to college was hard. Yeah. Right, starting a business was hard. So at the end of the day, you have to choose your heart, and nobody can choose that for you.
0: I I have uh, something on the spark that I like to say uh, when I hear something phenomenal. I say, put it on a shirt, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. put it on a shirt, and and I I absolutely love that. Choose your hard uh, because life life is hard. So. You got to choose it. Uh, Choose your heart. Again, love that. Tavon, this has been insightful and delightful. Thank you for joining us on The Spark today. Thank you for having me.